D2. This is Tom Fitzmorris with the second course of The Food Show. It's our program about eating and about doing it very, very pickily. Uh, pickily? Didn't it used to be a... No, no, no. Uh, anyway, we talk about food, restaurants, cooking, the entire range of it. We'd love to hear from you and uh, tell us, what, you know, particularly if I could pick a topic that we were thinking about favoring, uh, here's what I'd come up with. If you've uh, been to Saints games or anything else that would draw anywhere near the number of people that that does, if you've been to uh, Saints games, you know that there are lots of restaurants around there. There are a lot of bars around there. There And the, the there is a pretty big place because people park as far as, you know, 10, 12 blocks away, sometimes more than that. I know some people who... Uh, get on the bus or the streetcar and take that over to uh, where it's all going on just to save a little bit of the waiting and a little bit of the crowds. But uh, my wife and my daughter went to uh, the Saints game yesterday. They didn't go to the game itself. They were just hanging out around it while everything was going on. And when the when the uh, when it was over, they had spent the duration of uh, the the game itself uh, in a couple of restaurants and other places around there uh, where you could actually watch the game. And they bounced around from place to place. And I know that a lot of other people do that as well. Where do you where do you go? Do you have favorite uh, places to go before the game, after the game, uh, whenever? And would you mind sharing that with us? Uh, We'd love to know. The number here is 260-6368. If you have anything else you want to talk about, you can talk about spinach. You can talk about candy bars. You can talk about bananas, about uh, potato chips. Oh, you know what? Uh, I, I, I am going to ask your help on this because I don't even know how to look this up. It uh, probably wouldn't take me too long if I had a second to do it. But anyway, uh my daughter, my daughter and my wife and I had lunch today at uh, Coretta's Grill. No, oh, excuse me, that's wrong. La Coretta. There's two different, two different companies there. Uh, so anyway, we were at uh, uh, La Coretta in uh, Mandeville, and we, uh, excuse me, in uh, Covington, and we uh, were talking about this and that, and how. Uh, how it is to uh, be able to come to the same places over and over again and find that the, the food is consistent. And sometimes it is and sometimes it isn't. Now, wait a minute. There was something else that came up uh, while we were talking about these things. Oh, well, we'll do, get to it later when they tell. Oh, oh, I remember what it was. Somebody said uh, uh, Shafafa. And Shafafa, what's a Fafa? Uh, and then, well, there's a song that ends... Uh, I want the Chifafa on the side. That's Those are the actual lyrics of the song. Nat King Cole was one of the people, one of the most famous people who recorded it. But I couldn't remember the rest of it. Uh, d- does anybody remember what you have before you have the Chifafa? And the Chifafa is on the side, by the way, in case you haven't heard. So uh, call me about that. I, I want to know what else you eat with Chifafa. And uh, I just I couldn't remember it, and I couldn't re- imagine how you would look that up on the web or anything. I'm sure there's a way, but it doesn't come to me. 
But then again, that happens more and more. 260-6368 is our telephone number, 260-6368. Call right now. Get right in. We'd always love to hear from you. That's our rule. In case you've uh, not picked up on that, uh, our thoughts about how to do this program is if you have something you want to say, it doesn't matter whether it matches what we're already talking about. We really, truly don't care. We will move over to your subject no matter what it is. We'll stop dead in our tracks and talk to you about what you want to talk about. You know, it's just like any other business that wants to please its customers. That's what we are here for. And uh, also, if you show up with some news, some information uh, that I haven't heard about or maybe nobody else has heard about it, uh, share it with me. I, I, I will do something with it. I will take advantage of it. Oh, speaking of uh, such things, did you know that on the 28th of this month it's going to be now, I don't know how many years it's been, but I'm going to say it's probably closing on 50 years. The Chef's Charity for Children. Uh, this started out with truly the best chefs in New Orleans, and there were a couple of other people who were involved with it. Uh, Phil Johnson, who you remember I know who, uh, from the editorials he used to do on Channel 4 a long time ago. He was part of the deal. Uh, Chef Warren LaRuth was in there and quite a few other chefs. And what they did was they would, each one in turn, they would do a cooking demonstration of one of their best dishes. And then at the end of it, they would set up tables, a buffet, and all of the food that had been cooked, each one of the chefs had his own uh, to show off. And they would just uh, go on up there. You could go up there and really make a meal out of this. It was terrific, always has been. Well, it is coming up. And in past years, I have a really bad way of forgetting when the event takes place. Uh, and they move it around a little bit, but it's usually in the month of uh, January, and that's exactly where it is this time around, too. Uh, it is going to be on the 28th. I don't have in front of me where it's going to happen, but it usually is in a... a, a a, a hotel downtown, always a swanky place. They're always very helpful. What's important about the chef's charity is, A, the caliber of the chefs that were coming to that. I mean, when you have Warren LaRuth show up at your uh, event, believe me, you have hit the top. Uh, but be, it stopped be, even beyond that in that uh, this was a, an event the likes of which had never really been done before. And now you constantly hear about this chef or that chef uh, helping out or even organizing uh, a, a whole big new event and all the money goes to whatever the charity is. And that's what this was. But no one had been doing that with chefs at that time. It was something totally new. And it was very successful. Uh, it was uh, a school for children who were challenged in one way or another and who needed as much help as they could get. And that's still what it goes for. And it has brought a lot of people uh, back to life as a result of uh, all of these chefs coming in. The price is not bad. And here I am starting off all this, and I don't have my little cheat sheet in front of me telling me how expensive it is, but it's not very expensive at all. It go happens at lunchtime on the 28th, and first chance I get, I'm going to dig up uh, the other details about it, like where it is, 
and uh, how much it costs. But it is much, much worth your spending time on it. The Chef's Charity for Children, that's the whole name of it. I know it sounds generic, but uh, this is the big league. 2606368, this is Tom Fitzmorris. This is the Food Show, and we love talking about eating. And don't you, too? I mean, really. I mean, there's so much to try, so much to enjoy. Best American eating city, says Food uh, Food Authority, Food and Wine Magazine. You know, I'm, I'm getting a lot of feedback from an article that was in the, the New York Times uh, last week. It was written by a local food writer here, uh, and I, I, I keep thinking about it, so trying to figure out what the point of it was, but what he came out and said was that gumbo is fading from the scene and that gumbo is going away from us here in New Orleans. You know, uh, I go to restaurants every day, and I keep track of what I had and what I saw on the menu that I want to have next time I'm in. And if there's something I can tell you uh, about gumbo, it is that every restaurant in town that is a Creole or Cajun restaurant or even even an American restaurant, you might even get a little Italian in that, but gumbo is everywhere you go. And to say that gumbo is on the way out, where is the evidence of that? There is just zero. And uh, I, I'm, I'm sure somebody must have had a good laugh in New York City since they can't be number one in the best American food city. I guess they had to uh, get mad about it. But uh, to heck with that. Anybody else see that but me? I just I, I can't get over that. Why would anybody say something like that? 260 Six three, six eight. Call right now. Would love to talk with you about eating, about cooking wine, all the rest of it. You know what? I maybe ought to get that guy on the show, and then see what he see if he has an explanation for it. Maybe there's some little trick in it that I you have to hear it very well, and then it makes sense. But from what I read, it just didn't add up to much to me. Two six zero six three six eight. Two six zero. Six three six eight two six zero six three six eight. We'd love to talk with you about food, about restaurants, about cooking, about anything on your mind. Really, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Two six zero six three six eight. Have a bunch of things coming up in the uh, in the foreseen future. We're doing um, uh, eat club dinner at Trinas pretty soon. We're doing one at the Roosevelt Hotel on the thirty first. And seems like there was one other one. And then there's the, the Alaska cruise that's in June. Uh, we love doing this. Uh, you know, part of our show is uh, getting our listeners together. And we, we go and do things that were pretty much a lot of fun. We started out back in 1995 or thereabouts doing Eat Club dinners. We'd have set up dinners with the wines and everything was put together for us for a fixed price. And we did them every week, and some weeks we did more than one in a week. It was it really got out of hand after a while, which is why we're not doing them too often anymore. But when we do, we uh, we always do. Would you we um, we found the chafafa? Are you interested, my daughter? No, the chafafa that we were talking about earlier over lunch. 
Do you, you don't remember? Huh? You do remember? This is the song right here. I don't want French fried potatoes, red ripe tomatoes. I'm never satisfied. I want the frim fram sauce with the fe and chifafa on the side. That, 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 that's a real song, yeah. A big hit, too. Is Not, any of that a real thing? Uh, no. <laughs> nobody, is, uh, nobody really knows. I've been uh, asking around. Uh, seeing if anybody out there has any idea what the reference is, especially on the Chifafa. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if we find out, I'll let you know. Right. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me. 260-6368. Call right now. You'll get right in. would love to hear from you. We got off to a good start today. We had somebody at the very beginning. Haven't had anybody since. Would you like to be the next caller? Why not? Come on. You know, I'm a, I'm a fun sort of guy if you let me be. Uh, call us up at 260-6368. If there's anything you've ever wondered about some restaurant or other, you know, some place you went to once, you couldn't figure out what they were doing open, and then you went again and it was the best restaurant of the in your life, and then you went again and it was gone. Or, you know, you know, stories like that. I hear stories like that all the time. They are true, too. And then you have reports on brand-new restaurants and are they any good or not. My feeling is that if you go to a restaurant uh, that just opened, let's say, less than six months ago, I think it's a bad idea to go to a restaurant like that until they've been open a while. Now, some restaurants come right on in, and they have it all together, and they open up the shop, and it just takes off. And that does happen. And when I hear about that, I get the word on it, and then I go over there. Uh, especially if that's all I ever hear is good, uh, very warming uh, uh, reports on it. On the other hand, uh, oftentimes you'll get reports on restaurants where they say, I couldn't really quite make out what the deal was on that, but I'll go another time. Well, that's about how most restaurants are. You know, the the most um, striking example of that that I ever saw was Mr. B's. When Mr. B's first opened... It was an unbelievable hit. There were people on the sidewalk standing up, but the only other place in town that had people waiting in line to eat. Actually, there were two of them. K. Paul's was one, and the other one was Galatoire's, which is, you know, it's always been the, the case over there. Uh, so here they were uh, out there and uh, trying to put everything together uh, with, with that kind of uh, approach to it. Mr. B's, I mean, and the um, the what what came out of this was that the place was full all the time, and uh, sometimes it got pushed to the limits. And after about oh maybe I want to say three months or so, it had not gotten better; it had gotten worse, and then it continued to get worse for about. I'm going to tell you a year and a half to two years. And at that point, it was really mediocre. Now, this was a restaurant that not only was good when it first opened, but when it first opened, it was a complete original, and it triggered a a style of restaurants that we had not had before. And all of a sudden, in, in the next few years, restaurants were popping up all over the city, bistro-style restaurants. And they were all kind of, in a way, 
similar to what uh, they were doing over at Mr. B's. And here was Mr. B's kind of languishing around and not really pulling it together very much. They brought in a new chef, uh, Gerard Maris, who is a terrific guy. He reinvented their barbecue shrimp. That's one thing he did, but had a lot of other good food added to the menu, too. Then Mr. B's took off again. And as you know, if you've been there any time in the last, say, 10, 15 years, it's packed all the time, and it's always good. I never hear anything bad about Mr. B's. Anybody out there got anything bad about Mr. B's? As, uh, not being as good as you think they are? Call us and tell us about it. Or if you've been there and you really love it, or tell us about that too. Uh, we could just, uh, we'd love to have you on our show, you know. It would, it would make for a whole lot better show. Don't you feel good about your other fellow man, uh, well, maybe not fellow man, but fellow other person. Uh, if, if you want them to get a little bit more out of our program, call us and tell us anything or ask us anything. And it makes the show better. It makes makes uh, all of the food get uh, more delicious and easier to find and blah, 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 and all that. 260-6368. I've been wanting to talk to you for you just don't know how many years. I'd love to talk to you. Let's see. What else do we have out here? The uh, We were in the middle of talking about... Uh, Oh, we had a couple of things going on, but we'll save that for later. Two six zero six three six eight. Call right now; you'll get right in. Well, I was going to bring up the fact that on your Alaskan tour, I don't yeah. know in June. I don't know what days you're going to be there, but if you are there on uh, Friday, June twenty first, you will experience yeah. the the summer solstice. Oh, yeah. Which will hmm. be a long day of the year. Now, I don't know which port you'll be in, but usually at that time, in both Anchorage and Fairbanks, Alaska, they have a baseball hmm. game at midnight. Oh, really? Yeah, well, they could easily do that. I, I remember uh, the first time we went to Alaska, the thing that struck me most of all is that uh, it never got uh, dark. And I hear that this uh, upsets uh, certain people who live in those uh, meridians, is that a meridian or is that a uh, is that a microbe? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, Michael is on from St. Thomas. That's right. Is that true? Welcome. You're listening to our show in St. Thomas. No, St. Thomas is a neighborhood in New Orleans now. Oh, I believe, okay. I believe weren't you there to have your marriage vows redone? Uh in in uh, we were in Rome. Oh, you had your marriage vows be done in Rome. I thought you had them done in St. Mary the Assumption. Uh, that's where we were married. Oh, okay. That's, so that's, that's, they, that's, that's where we were married, in the Irish Channel there. And yeah, uh, we, with, with thanks to, uh, thanks uh, for the uh, ability to set things up, uh, one of our uh, travelers, uh, not only did we have, uh, a reworking of our marital vows in Rome. We did it in St. Peter's Basilica. <laughs> okay. And, and we had a mass said for. I mean, it was just unbelievable. I'm my head is my hat is ever off to uh, my my uh, friend who is uh, also a fraternity uh, brother. Oddly enough, Jimmy Lee. I think, I think the Vatican knows how to uh, arrange those things. Some people yeah. in the neighborhood. Some people in the neighborhood say, "I live in Vatican City," 
because, of course, yeah. I have both Alphonsus and uh, and St. Mary's. But my point was, the other day I heard you talking to your sister about the, uh, the secondhand uh, store season, I think it's called, on over on Daniel or somewhere. Yeah, that. yeah. Uh, there's a, a little shop. Um, right. And and what they sell are, it's all used cookware, but it's good old cookware. And, and a lot of it right. is, in fact, very old. But very right. old cookware, there are a lot of uses for it. There are a lot of things you can't do uh, brand new uh, right. utensils with. And uh, anyway, that's the whole deal of that store. Well, I had been there, actually. I've shopped there. Yeah. So you don't have to sell me. You're singing to the choir with me. But the point what, I'm what making part is, do you uh, sing? Uh, I sing tenor myself. I was kicked out of the choir at ten. That's how bad my uh. voice was. I, I can't carry a tune in a wheelbarrow. But my point is, I'm over there the other day, and who's roaming around the store? I'd say sixty-year-old couple, and uh, they heard about the show from you know who. Tom well, Fitzmaurice. thank you. Yeah, well, I just passed it along because the young lady who mm-hmm. runs the shop said she was overwhelmed speaking to you. And okay. then she said, I, mean, I know, I'm sorry, I laughed. But I said, don't worry about that. But she said, you know how many people have come in since uh, I was on that radio show? So oh. I said, well, you, uh, good luck because you deserve it. But it's an interesting store. But the, the other thing I wanted to, I have to go over here. But the, the thing I've been wanting to say to you is, have you ever seen this dvd it's called city of gold no uh, okay. what, uh, i'm guessing it's uh, set in the vatican that's no, that, no, no, it no, certainly no. would apply if it if it were no no i think the guy who's this guy's name is jonathan gold and what he does is he reviews oh, restaurants uh-huh. he does yeah. and he does it out of los angeles i and they they did I a don't, a, I don't think right. he's doing it anymore, and I'm not even sure he's still alive. I'm going to look that up right now. Uh, but it, it doesn't matter. You're alive, and you're quite capable of doing just as good a performance, I'm sure, as he did. And it had me spellbound. You just have to make sure you have pe- good people doing the uh, photography because it was done very well, too, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Let's see. You said you, Go ahead. I, I was going to look this up. Really, what his name? His last name was Gould. I know that. No, Gould. G O L D. Oh, okay. Well, then I was wrong. Okay. G O L D. L D. What was his first name? Do you remember? I think it's Jonathan. But the state. Yeah, I the think you're right. Is, yeah, the movie is City of Gold. I wonder what that means. Well, it's him. It, they call it his city because he loves the cuisine of the city. I'm telling you, Tom, I'm not stretching a point. I saw this movie. It was excellent. And I like anything about Los Angeles as long as I don't have to go there. Mm. And uh, and I said, my God, this is Tom Fitzmaurice perfectly. So, well, we've looked it up, and indeed he passed away last year. Well, that's too bad, but it does. he yeah. did a great thing for food. He did a great thing. You got to see it. You got to see it. You know, because he he well melded all those cultures that came in after Reagan opened the doors in Los Angeles in '86, and all the different Southeast and Eastern cultures came in. Southeast yeah, he Asian was. Uh, that was his, what what he was famous for was that he covered all of these really offbeat cuisines and these little right. little dumpy restaurants sometime. But uh, right. 
he was really on top of that and set new standards of writing about restaurants. Uh, no question about that. Okay, so you know the man. So yeah. you should see it. Yeah. You could enjoy it. And there should be a uh, uh, a city of Fitzmorris. I don't know. You'd have to get a better <laughs> title maybe. But yeah. Well, yeah, you and could easily I'll, I'll do also, one like that for like, for New Orleans, and everyone's freaked out and loves New Orleans now. Anytime no, I true. leave, everyone tells me how great it is. You know. Yeah, but have you have you heard that there's no gumbo left in New Orleans? Yeah, I, you know what? It proves the point. When I lived in New York City, they said, "What is the New York Times good for? Wrapping fish." And I won't <laughs> say the rest. So that just proves the point, doesn't it? And these yeah. people didn't have high school educations, many of them. Because I'm 72, so these people are long gone. But anyway, listen, I, your show is great. I got to run, but apparently a lot of people are listening to you and not calling in because they're wandering over to, you know, to this to um, secondhand uh, appliance store there. Yeah, it could be. Well, thank you okay. for reminding me of that. I have uh, I have a photograph of it and all the information sitting on my desk at the radio station. And today, here I am at the Cool Water Ranch. So uh, tomorrow, I'll dig it up. Okay, well, thank you. Yeah, Thanks no, for the no, reminder. I bring all my relatives over there, all the female relatives, when they come in town. Yeah. Okay, right. Tom. Bye-bye Thanks now, Thanks for calling. See ya. Hey. It's the Food Show. We will return with more of it in a moment. But first, please, this. Hello there. Welcome back. It's the Food Show. This is Tom Fitzmorris. It's great to be here with you talking about the food scene of our city, the best American food city there is. And we'd love to talk with you about that or anything else on your mind. If you've been to a good restaurant lately, tell me about it. If you've been to one that you you were disappointed by, tell me about that one, too. If you feel funny about doing that, send me an email message to tom at nomenu.com. Tom at nomenu.com. And uh, I will answer your questions, and I will read everything you tell me. Uh, but if you need a response, like I'm thinking of going to uh, the restaurant uh, Maison de la Casa uh, tonight, and I wonder if you can tell me what to eat over there and what part of the dining room to sit in. Uh, I will have to tell you, well, I'd be happy to do it, except I'm over here talking on the air right now, and so I can't, uh, I can't even read it, let alone write it for you but I'll have it for you by tomorrow. Oh, no, we're going tonight. Oh, well, that's not enough time to give me to, to tell you anything. But I really am eager to uh, to give you some suggestions. not trying to say that what I know is better than what anybody else knows or that uh, if somebody else says a restaurant is good doesn't mean that I think it's bad. You know, it's just a, well, it's just a conversation we have about uh, where we go out to eat and also about the cooking you do at home, whatever that is. Uh, today is National. Uh, uh, wait a minute. We we had we had this just a second ago, and it, it's. Oh, but yeah, pastrami sandwiches. Today is Nas- National Pastrami Sandwich Day, and if you've never had pastrami, pastrami is one of those things that it doesn't sound quite right. It sounds like it must be Italian. It isn't at all. It comes from totally different roots. And it's uh, it's pretty darn good. I remember my father was not what you could call a gourmet, but I think he was on the verge of being a gourmet. I mean, he told me some things that I remember very well, uh, and one of them was that he went to get a poor boy sandwich one day, and they had pastrami 
on the menu, and he said, I don't know what that is. Let me have one. And he ate one. He fell in love with them and, and just couldn't get enough pastrami. Poor boys. And and by the way, you can find those around town if you, uh, uh-oh. Do, 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 do. You can uh, find those. For, for a minute there, I thought something awful had happened, but no. Uh, you can... Uh, you can find pastrami sandwiches everywhere you go. It's brisket. You know, that's all it is. It starts off as a beef brisket, and then it's cured with a variety of, of uh, ingredients uh, to give flavor, and also it changes the texture a pretty good bit. And uh, then there's also it also gets a little bit of a touch of smoke. So it, it's not like barbecue or anything like that, but you definitely get a certain something there that is not in just a plain old brisket. And you will find that on just about every sandwich list in town. The one that shows up probably the most is a sandwich called a, uh, 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 oh, golly, what's the, uh, it starts with a B. Well, it's because I'm trying to think of it that I can't think of it. But anyway, it's the um, uh, it's that's a, a very popular sandwich. If only we could remember its name, and uh, and there are plenty of other things you can do with it. I like um, putting it into a muffaletta. That I think it fits in pretty well right there, among other things. We've we uh, about two weeks ago we made a batch of uh, pastrami ourselves. Uh, made it from from scratch. We bought. The uh, brisket and it took a long time, especially the marinating part of it. Uh, that was happening for about two days in the refrigerator. Anyway, uh, a lot of good things to be said about pastrami. Reuben—that's that's what I was trying to remember. A Reuben sandwich is pastrami made with uh, uh, with uh, some uh, a couple of different things. Really, you have sauerkraut as one of them. You have uh, uh, also, Swiss cheese, and does does everybody makes it a little bit differently? But uh, there it is, two six zero six three six eight. What uh, what do you like? Do you like pastrami? Anybody out there really love it? Anybody out there really hate it? Share that with us, would you? Two six zero six three six eight. You know what? We have not done our cocktail of the day here, and here at the Cool Water Ranch. Just I'll be right back here in a second. At the Coolwater Ranch, I have an old, whoops, wait a minute, that's, I have a book here that looks just like the Antoine's, I'm sorry, it looks just like the, uh, the, the Boston uh, uh, recipe book for cocktails, and I know it's around, here it is, <clears throat> in fact, there were two of them up there, let's see what, the one I usually use at the radio station is uh, from, the 1970s, I think it is. This one is no, no. It says here 1994. So this is this is a pretty much up-to-date uh, jobby here. So let's uh, let's find a cocktail here, and I'm just flipping randomly through the book, and now here we are. We have uh, a white lily cocktail. Right, here we go. You start off with triple sec. Triple sec is a liqueur, which means that the alcohol level is probably around 40% or thereabouts, maybe maybe less than that. And it has the flavor of citrus and specifically orange flavor in it. Although I don't know if you'd pick up that right away. Uh, let's see. The, you have three-fourths 
He'll make that one-fourth of a, an ounce of triple sec, uh, one-quarter of an ounce of light rum, one-fourth of an ounce of gin, just a, that's all, uh, and then uh, one-quarter of a teaspoon of anisette. Anisette could also be substituted for uh for absinthe or anything like absinthe, herb saint, you could put that in there instead. I don't know anybody who has, who has anisette on their shelf anymore. I remember uh, every now and then my uncles and aunts would give me a little bit of that when I was a kid. Then you'd shake it up. I think actually I might have been a teenager or maybe even beyond by then. Uh, share, uh, Shake with uh, ice and strain it into cocktail glasses, and you have the white lily cocktail and I guess there's nothing any other color than white so anyway that's our official cocktail of the day the official bartenders and party guide book from Mr. Boston it's a red book you'll see it every if you go to any uh, restaurant where they do some fancy cocktails you will see this book behind there because you know people ask for funny things all the time and some of them can just whip it out, but most of the time you have to look it up, especially if it's something odd. Uh, over the weekend, I attended a birthday party at the home of uh, a guy I didn't know, uh, but it was his, his uh, wife's birthday, and he invited me to come there and give a talk and uh, do a few other things, like pass out 30 copies of my book, Hungry Town. It was, it was really a, practically a celebration of Tom rather than the, for the lady who was just lovely. Anyway, we were uh, we were talking about all of this stuff, and uh, one of the things that that came up is is the cocktails that you see. How many of them? And over at the the uh, the, the restaurant right across the street from Jackson Square, uh, it's Muriel's on Jackson Square. Uh, waitress came over and said, would you like a cocktail? And and this was while we were all milling around trying to find where to sit. I said, yeah, but, you know, what, do you have just anything I want or do are we limited? She said, no, you can have anything you want. I said, bring me a Manhattan. That made two Manhattans that I had last week. Both of them were very enjoyable. And I, that's getting to the point where it's uh, it's a Coming to be uh, my favorite cocktail uh, after Negronis have been that for a long time, and although martinis were before that. No, but I think Manhattans. Manhattans are, are that's a great cocktail, but the only taste aspect of it that might vary from person to person is that the main alcohol in it is bourbon whiskey. Uh, most of the time, although uh, officially it should be made with rye whiskey. But um, there are people who don't like that flavor. Like my wife doesn't go for that kind of thing, so that's that. Anyway, it was uh, that was a great party. Sure showed a difference between people who are in their 60s and people who are in their 30s and 40s. They, they behave totally differently, but it was a great bunch of people. And they actually listened to what I had to say. And I actually told them three jokes that I've been telling in restaurants and other other places where I've been asked to talk. Uh, and I've been telling the same three jokes for uh, 40 years now, and no one has ever heard them before. I don't know how that uh, happens. That that.
but it does, and it did. All right, that's enough of all this. It's the Food Show. We have a program tomorrow. We'll just be back like normal tomorrow. Uh, anything left? I don't guess so. Nothing at all. All right, well, let's see. You know, I'll bet you we got something over here, though. Let me take a quick look. Uh, yeah, here. Yes, this is what I wanted. Um, today is the birthday in 1861 of David Wesson. W-E-S-S-A-E-N. Oh, excuse me. Wrong. W-E-S-S-O-N. He invented something in 1899 that was a real breakthrough. He figured out how to make cottonseed oil usable in cooking. The raw material was available in enormous supply because there was all of that cotton being raised in the south. And they would have to get the seeds out. That's what the uh, the gin was for. And they would uh, get all these seeds, but they didn't know what to do. It looked nice enough, and it was not expensive, but it had one big problem, and that is when you heated it up, it smelled horrible. Di- uh, uh, Wesson figured out a way to get around that with a high prep- uh, high temperature vacuum process that brought Wesson oil. I bet you've seen that into the kitchen, and it's still there. You see it especially in restaurants. I remember uh, Chris Fedonovich over at Bozo's. He was really big on Wesson oil. He said that was the only good one. And more than a few cooks say it's still the best oil for frying. Today, as we've said a few times before, National Pastrami Sandwich Day, but we've about exhausted that topic. Uh, what else? The pastrami on a sandwich should be sliced no thinner than the thickness of a credit card. I agree with that, if you can do it, possibly. Uh, let's see, what else do we have? Sandwich Creek is our gourmet gazetteer place of the day. It's uh, It runs, the, the actually, it's an actual creek. It runs about nine miles south in a canyon next to Skookum Peak in the northeast corner of Washington State. It's confluence with the Pond Oriel River, which cuts a, a fertile valley through the mountains around there. It's uh, 55 miles north of Spokane. And on and on and on and on. And let's see, what else? Let me just wrap this up on high information. That's what we do around here. High information. High information. I have a uh, I have a joke here about uh, about uh, no we don't and it's I'm not sure I want to say it in public anyway. Oh, you know what? Today is the birthday of Andy Rooney. He uh, died in 2011. But he he oh well, I better stop. Talk to you tomorrow.